Hello and welcome to Open Minds Radio. I am your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I'm all by myself. Where's Martin? Well, Martin is actually on an important mission. I was going to call it a secret mission, but it's not really secret at all uh, because I'm about to tell you what he's doing. And um, the Shatner thing. So I thought I could share audio and I couldn't. So Martin is putting it together in a way that uh, that we can all I could share it with you all. So we'll have Martin and Shatner back in just a minute. So what am I talking about, William Shatner? Well, if you're not aware, and I think I mentioned this last week, I was able to interview William Shatner. So a huge thrill for me, of course, um, the famous Captain Kirk. First time I've got to talk to him. Uh, they actually got a hold of me. Yeah, Dirk. Uh, is saying in the chat, and of course, welcome everybody who's in the chat. Uh, great to see you guys here. The chat is chucked full of people. This is excellent. Thank you all uh, for joining. Um, let's see. Oh, Dolene, thank you. Dolene said she enjoys our forthcoming conversation. You know, we don't shy away from uh, any questions. I think Martin and I, uh, of course, we and and we try to be as respectful as possible when we disagree or think someone is a complete charlatan. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys so much. Thanks for saying that. So, uh, but yes, I got to interview William Shatner. That was a huge thrill for me. It was just like a 15 minute phone call and it was about ancient aliens. So if you are an ancient aliens fan and don't worry if you're not, in fact, if you're like me, ancient aliens can be a little bit tough to swallow because it's very speculative. And, um, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. In fact, uh, hopefully we can have Martin join pretty soon because I love to get his opinion on stuff, but he's diligently working to get this uh, this video done for us. But yeah, it was about today on Ancient Aliens. Uh, after Ancient Aliens, William Shatner has a show that is called uh, The Unexplained. Well, what they're going to do today, instead of having those shows separate, they're going to have them all together in one giant uh, special called William Shatner Meets Ancient Aliens. So uh, they got a hold of me, the History Channel, and actually for Open Minds and said, hey, Alejandro, uh, is this something that you would like to cover or something you could do something with? Um, I love, of course, my buddies over there at Den of Geek, uh, where I write for, so I pitched it to them and they said, heck yes. So, uh, you know, I did the audio interview, turned it into a uh, article that posted on Den of Geek this week and special for you all, I am going to actually let you hear my full conversation with William Shatner, which was great. Dirk just mentioned in the chat, he's heard he's a jerk. Um, I've heard that too, although a lot of people tell me that when you hear those kind of rumors, usually they're overblown. He was really cool, very nice. Um, he was a really cool dude. So we'll talk to him in just a minute. Uh, he was really cool. Um, let's see. 
was the show yesterday. So somebody, Rob, is asking me something. Please feel free to uh, resubmit your question. I don't see. Um, he said talking about the show a little bit. I'm not sure. He may be referring to that uh, also for the History Channel. I've been doing these Alien Con um, streams. So, of course, some of you may be aware uh, of AlienCon, which is actually was kind of a big deal. So Ancient Aliens decided to do a conference. Of course, uh, Karen, my girlfriend, was nervous about that because she's like, what? Everybody's doing a conference. And of course, she runs the UFO Congress. Well, uh, we did. Uh, oh, Martin says he can come on. So I'm going to have him join in just a second. I'll finish his story real quick. Uh, he is listening. He's in the, the green room, uh, as it were. But uh, there, the uh, ancient aliens started this conference, essentially called um, uh, Alien Con, and there were these conferences that they had. They were mostly huge. Like we went to one in Pasadena. Well, we've been to all of them except for the very first one, and mostly the very first one was so big there were so many people couldn't get it, people couldn't get in. I guess it was a disaster because there's just so many people. So they hired a new company to run it, and it took about a year and a half to get going. And then they started up again. Meanwhile, we had heard from some of our friends, especially at Mufon, that hey, they don't have many booths there, and we were just slammed. We had people all day, so we were like, hey. That's a great idea. We can uh, get involved. And uh, of course, I do some writing with them. But uh, so I would figure I'd connect and see if we could get a booth. And we did. I turned up being pulled into some of the panels. And then ever since they've had me speak. Um, and so AlienCon, of course, like many conferences, couldn't go uh, live in person this year. So they've been doing like many, like the SEU has been doing, or like we did with the UFO Congress, and they've been these online panels. And I've been able to participate in a couple of these panels. I hosted one a couple of weeks ago. And then last night I was on a great panel hosted by Nick Pope for alien con with uh, John Greenwald and uh, Chase Kletsky people. I love. So let me bring on the one, the only welcome ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Martin Willis. Da -da -da, da -da -da. Hello. 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 Hey dude. Hey, that alien con sounds nefarious in a way, you know, like what's that? An alien con. I know. No. Um, oh. and you know, what's hard is that, uh, at the alien con, like it's a con, yeah, you know, like a, a con, con I knew job, it was, like a, I knew it, I knew it all along. A lot of people say that, and that there was actually some dude being a total jerk. Uh, the, well, sometimes groups of guys and it's always groups of guys will attack. I don't know if anybody else has experienced this. I don't know if you've experienced this, Martin, but I get this once in a while where guys will focus on someone to attack. And I guess I was the guy yesterday. So this group of people was saying, oh, I was on Alien Con. I, I, you know, believe everything. I don't debunk anything. And I just kind of, if I respond at all, I'll respond something. And this is my advice for people on social media. One solid, short, concise statement. Boom. Do that. Leave it there. You'll notice that's what the major companies do. And it's the best way. You know, just tell your side of the story. Let it go. So I just said, if, if this is what you think, you obviously are not familiar with my work. Uh, maybe go check some of it out and then we could talk. And Well, it's I like people, <laughs> it, well, you know, getting back to social media, um, I did an experiment on my uh, Facebook page for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, 
and I did this with Peggy, my friend that helps me out with it out in Las Vegas. So we put pictures, wrong pictures on a face on a story that we posted on Facebook mm -hmm. and everyone except one or two commented on the picture and not about the story. And the story yeah. was, we, we switched the story to see if they were paying attention. Exactly. <laughs> so people have like such a short, you know, the hummingbird heartbeat, ex, uh, you know, a, attention span that they'll the just- The articles uh, are where that's the hardest. With Open Minds, we would do that. We, we, whenever you'd write an article, people would comment on the headline and the picture, which they can see in the Twitter. And most of what they're saying, you should have done this, or what about this? Oh yeah, did you know about this? It's all in the story. So some of you listeners, maybe you even remember, Martin, I came up with this like lyrical, um, click mm. the link. I forgot how it goes, but it's something like click the link and look at the story and all shall be revealed. That's what it wow. is. So I used to just use I, that. I, click did the you link, get that from Silence the of the Lamb all or shall something? be revealed. No, that's great. It does sound like a Silence of the Lamb. Quote oh my gosh, me. Cartola in his shirt. So this guy, this is what I get for giving away free shirts. Cartola <laughs> gives me trouble about his Wendy's getting a shirt. You're in Canada, dude. It's on its way. But he's asking, is this a shirt? It is. And look uh, what I did with this shirt, which is kind of funny. I put UFOs mail. and extraterrestrials because I wanted people can be bald. Uh, bold. I'm like, wow. E.T., well, baby. So bold. anyway. Go where no man has gone before. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, were you able to get that... Okay, I'm cool. answering you before you're finishing your question. I yeah. realize that. Yeah. So um, I'll read questions. I see people are putting in some questions. That's great. Thank you so much. Um, you know, continue to do that. It is good if you put Q or put your question in all bold. Don't worry. I won't get mad all at caps. you if you do that. All, all caps. caps. Um, so I can see it. And I'll keep an eye on it here. So, uh, but let's go ahead and listen to this interview with Shatner. So again, it's about ancient aliens, but I, I don't know. Uh, maybe you guys recognize that every time I interview someone, whether it's an astronaut or a scientist, at least someone interesting, like uh, that has some kind of conspiracy around them, I always like to ask. And I know they're silly questions, uh, at least to the interviewee, to some of you listeners and some in the UFO uh, field, they're very serious questions. But to real people in the world, they're silly questions because they are silly questions mostly. But I still like to ask just to let the conspiratorial people look know, hey, I listen. I do ask these people the questions um, to seek if there is anything to some of these conspiracies. And rarely, if ever, are there. But uh, there is a funny moment in here where I talk to Shatner about a Star Trek alien conspiracy. Uh, but it was a lot right. of fun. He was a good sport. And uh, do you want to go ahead and play it? Yeah, let's roll it. Let's see if this works, first of all. And everybody, let me know in the chat if you can't hear it. Uh, uh, we're going to have to continue on. Something is going on here. Let, uh, me, let me try that one more time. You but, can do uh, it, Marty. Yeah. It's Mar downloading. Mar it's downloading. Oh, okay. Still downloading. All right. Yeah, so we continue That's on. That's okay. Talk. I got lots of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, I make sure it. You just keep going. Why don't you put me out for a minute? I'm going to make sure it, it did the right type of file. No, it's it's doing okay. it a web something in web. Oops. I don't know what happened. I will go in and fix that right now. So you just uh, drop me out, buddy. Or uh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Something with me. 
<laughs> okay, let's get rid of Martin. Bye, Martin. John bye, bye. I'll be there. back. Um, okay, I'll answer a couple questions till we move on because there is some news I want to get into for this week too. But there is a question here. What was my take on Loveless? Linda gave him airtime on Earth Files. Cringe. Um, you know, I have met Loveless. Uh, we actually had him speak at the, I shouldn't say we, I don't choose the speakers despite popular belief. Um, uh, but he, he did come to the conference. I think I did suggest him cause I heard great things. People love him. Um, I think he's been on Martin's show, so I don't know if Martin's listening, but we can ask him that question. He seems uh, like a decent guy. However, here's one of the issues that, uh, I feel that happens with Lovelace is I am highly skeptical that, you know, and for people who don't know, he's a, he's a lawyer, I believe, uh, and, uh, had experiences, um, and they aren't interesting his, the way he tells them, but now he feels like maybe he's being followed by black helicopters and stuff. And, uh, I think that is an unfortunate side effect that happens with people. Um, so for instance, and maybe it's just because of where I live, I live in Arizona, um, my actual house where actually I'll be uh, at mostly from here on out, you'll see is in California in uh, Cardiff by the sea, Encinitas, San Diego area. I am. And from the Mexican border beyond the Mexican border up to orange County, it's all military. So I guess I'm kind of in the middle of a military base, but, uh, you know, there's helicopters flying all over all of the time. So, I just, yeah, bats are people you are followed by a gray helicopter. Now, what does happen is, uh, because I know I've talked to these guys, um, that, uh, that they have to kill time, especially, uh, army national guard. They need flight time for their, uh, to get their tickets or to get their licenses. So they'll just fly around the city. Um, in Colorado is where I found this out because they would fly around and sure enough, they would sometimes follow people or circle homes. Of course, they would look for girls who are sunbathing in the backyard that these are typically guy pilots. Um, so uh, if you're, they're following you, it's probably not because you listen to open minds radio or you believe in UFOs. It's probably something completely different. Question Rodrigo asks, do you think Shatner is more convinced about alien visitation? That's a good question. Um, I think, well, let's listen to what he has to say, because, of course, I do ask him about that. And then I think it may answer your questions and we'll talk to you more about that. Did Martin interview him? Some Dirk is asking. Uh, remember, guy thought whole world was after him for a blurry photo. I'm not sure what you're, you're referring to, Dirk. But, um, oh, did he interview Terry Lovelace? Yes, I believe Martin did interview Terry Lovelace. And I, I know he had a great experience. So we can ask him more about that. Christian is asking me, what do you think about the SCU study on UAP? Well, they've actually done a couple of different studies uh, on a couple, a few different incidents. And I personally believe uh, that they are great. So the SCU is the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. I am uh, on the books as a media advisor for them, and I join their meetings uh, for full disclosure. I love the SCU. I think these guys are awesome. Um, oh, Martin is saying he's ready. 
And I think that their their reports are excellent. In fact, I'm organizing. I organize uh, with Martin. I'm bringing you on right now, Martin. But Martin and I do organize for the SCU those live streaming uh, uh, talks that I was talking about earlier that they're doing in lieu of a physical conference. And uh, we are organizing one right now, uh, a panel with the guys who wrote the Nimitz uh, report for the SCU. So I know a lot of people have questions for those guys about those reports. Uh, you're going to have a chance to ask them uh, coming up here real soon and uh, probably in about two, two and a half weeks. And Martin and I will be working that and you guys will be able to uh, get in your questions. So look forward to that and we'll definitely let you know. In fact, by next week, I should be able to tell you when that uh, live stream will be scheduled for. And of course, you can follow me on social media or the SCU on social media to find that out as well. Martin, uh, there were people asking about Terry Lovelace, and I know you've interviewed him. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I, I thought he was uh, pretty credible. It sounded like a very interesting story. And then he had this really strange story come out, oh, I don't know, maybe a year and a half or so, where he thought he was lifted 50 some odd feet within a few seconds. Did you did you hear about that? No, no. According to his cell phone, something registered that he was lifted, you know, like he was being abducted. Mm. I'm, I can't say he wasn't, but uh, right. yeah, but I, I just don't know. I don't know what to think. There you go. Yeah, that's tough. Um, thank you, Cartola. Cartola gave me a little bit of a super sticker tip. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. Guys, that's uh, all we got. So it looks like uh, people are pretty skeptical about uh, Mr. Lovelace for the most part, mm. um, but maybe going well, back and forth. And I understand that. I mean, there's a reason why I've kind of kept arms like, but of course, I'm not focusing on contactees or experiencers these days. I'm really looking at the, the, my focus right now, and I think I've shared this with you all, is on the policy. What is the government doing? What? Why are they doing it? What is going on and fomenting in in that er arena and in the mainstream and mainstream science? And that's what's interesting. Well, but, you know, uh, Terry Terry Lovelace is a lawyer. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so be careful what you say, so you don't yeah. get. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, their lips are moving. You know that that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we're ready to roll if you are. We are. After, after this awkwardness. Are you ready? Okay, let's do it. Let's try it. Go Cross for your it. fingers, buddy. What's happening? Okay. Martin. Oh, I have to put it on the screen. You have to do it. Yeah, there you go. But it's muted. you got to unmute it. I can't. It's got to be, oh, it's on my side. Okay. Yeah. Hold on just so. a moment. Okay. Don't, don't go away. Ladies and gentlemen, we're getting you know, ready for our interview with William Shatner. Yeah. I think what you have to do also is you're going to have to jump it out because it already started playing. So go ahead and jump it out and uh, I'll bring it back in. Uh, oops. <laughs> He said, jump it out. I didn't know it, but it looks like I accidentally kicked him. So he'll have to come back. Let me tell him. Dude, I kicked you. I accidentally. 
pick you. But I do want to talk about, you know, we've got some really interesting things happening in the news right now, um, especially with uh, the, this news that allegedly the government had uh, confirmed that there are uh, UFO debris that they looked into. Um, that's not entirely accurate. And uh, I'll get into that uh, in just a little bit. Um, the other piece of news that I want to talk about that uh, I accidentally waited for, I didn't mean to wait so long to cover it, but this is the Pais effect. So these weird um, patents that uh, the Navy has been getting. Everybody's laughing. They should be laughing. More comic relief. Yeah. Let's try this again. Keystone UFO. Martin, Martin. Am, am I back? Because I'm trying to do something on this end. You're back. You're back, back, baby. All right. We're going to try one more time. Here we go. Everybody's laughing at us. Yeah. Well, you know, with that, if I'm involved. We like you know, that. What We're can being happen. entertaining. Yeah. Me and technology. I mean. Talk to so me, baby. What's going on? You're very dark, by the way. Thank you. Um, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Well, what happened is my display went dead. It's like we are being taken over by some evil force. Do you want to go send me the file? Or you That's know, not when, a bad it's because idea. of what we were saying, we were talking stuff. I know about I know. Um, they are you listening. guys. The audience okay. was talking stuff about Terry, and then his black helicopters come and messes messes. That's up. what it is. Okay. Well, I'm trying another file to see if that's going to make a difference. So we. Let's uh, okay. give ourselves another five minutes. Okay. Then, while you're doing that, yep. do you want me to take you off or you want to just kind of. No, I'm just watching it, but I'll listen. Okay. You... Leave you on the screen. Would sure. Would embarrass you? Yeah. Okay. Yes, please do. Yeah. Okay. So um, it's not looking good for the UAPTF report. Uh, no budget and new leadership, Christian says. I think that is right. Um, I, unfortunately, our good buddy, uh, unidentified UFO report doesn't seem like he's on right now. Um, maybe I will kind of retweet and say, hey, join us live now, just so uh, people know in my Twitter. But he's organizing this thing, the big, I forget what he calls it, the big, um, oh, the big phone home, where, you know, we're choosing this thing in March where we're all going to call uh, you know, our political leaders, people at the DOD, um, to tell them we want UAP transparency. We want more information about what they know about UAPs. I think that's really important. And I've made this argument before because, you know, um, sure, it's, it's a bit cynical, but this is the way the world works. When you're a politician, you know, uh, what everybody's looking at, you, when you're making your moves is the political ramifications. And I think what people are kind of, or the dangers, the risks. So when Warner and, uh, and Rubio, the two uh, house representatives that are, or the two Senate representatives that are in the Senate intelligence committee who have spoken about the UAP issue and that they take it seriously when they're speaking to this and moving this issue forward, they are taking uh, a political risk by, by doing that, but they're also kind of, you know, testing the waters. People don't know how 
influential politically this topic is. Sure, a lot of people like to watch the shows like Ancient Aliens. A lot of people like to read the articles. But are they really activists? Do they really want to actively, you know, uh, communicate with the government to tell them we need information? We want information. Do they even believe that the government has a lot of information? Who knows? That's, that's what everybody's gauging. So as a politician, you're like, is it going to hurt me? by talking about this issue, or is it going to help me? And that's politics, man. Um, of course, these guys are also trying to do what's right, but this is kind of the mix of what's going on is, as far as their motivations on what to do. If they don't hear from the public and the public doesn't say, hey, we want more information, we're not satisfied with what we got, and we want this ro report to be robust, then uh, they're just going to think, okay, well, maybe it's okay if the military comes back and says, hey, we've seen some stuff here and here. We don't know what's going on. We're keeping an eye on it. And the Senate says, okay, great. Keep an eye on it. Keep up the good work. That's a safe route. That's what may happen. Um, so uh, in order to do our best to make sure what we want to happen, we have to tell them explicitly exactly what we want to happen. We have to call and they have to understand that there is a large uh, percentage of people who are watching them and interested. People say, I hate politics. And I, I totally get that. It is um, frustrating. But remember, we're a representative government. If you hate, you know, you do have influence. Your vote is your influence. This government is certainly still, uh, the people have power. Certainly big money talks big and big money talks even bigger and they get uh, a lot of influence. But there are a lot of, you know, grassroots efforts that get attention by moving forward. Um, you know, trying to pick something that's less controversial, uh, I guess, you know, because there are some big movements. Oh, I'm just going to say it. BLM. I'm a huge Black Lives Matter supporter. Deal. Um, uh, that was an issue that got a lot more attention due to the peaceful marches that were happening all around the world. Um, and even right on the beach in Encinitas, <laughs> uh, and also let's say marijuana is a big one. The government didn't care about talking about marijuana. Um, there were some that were thinking about taxing and stuff, but that was something that came up from the population. People were like, dude, we don't want our friends going to jail. We don't want our our marijuana hookup going to jail, you know, uh, that it shouldn't be illegal. Uh, people had an effort to, to make it legalized. And now look at, I mean, Martin, when it comes to marijuana, where we are now related to maybe even 10 years ago, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, who 10 years ago, I never would have thought that everybody is on board on legalization. Well, you know, I've always, yeah. I, of course, I have an opinion about everything, but the opinion I always had on that is, you know, why do people go to jail for something you can walk out in certain parts of the country and it grows naturally? I mean, it's just, I always thought it was such a bizarre thing. And and I'm not a user. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't smoke or I don't, I don't use marijuana in any type of way. You know, I'm not going to say that I never did or that I didn't mm -hmm. earlier, but I mean, for people to spend, you know, 20 years in jail, for marijuana charges. I always thought it was ridiculous. So I'm really glad that we've moved forward uh, and that, you know, it just only makes sense. Um, somebody said, did he just manage to connect BLM to his weed dealer? No, dude. <laughs> and and I want to be clear, 
Um, that's a, kind of a funny thing. Hopefully, he's just being funny and not being an a-hole. But um, the thing is, is what I'm talking about are unfortunately, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that these things should be in a similar category. But there's things that are not popular with, let's say, the establishment or the system. And there's things that the public wants changed. We want change. And they are related in a way. We want changed that. Uh, oh, man, I'm really getting political. I'm just going to make this statement because I already started it. But we want to change that, you know, marijuana, people get in trouble for marijuana. We don't like that. Right. So we had to create a grassroots effort to change that. The other issue would be um, with uh, with Black Lives Matter. It's another thing. And, and it does relate in that who's going to jail more minorities. It's just how many of you, my white friends, have been pulled over when you're doing nothing at gunpoint? Everyone in my family, almost, well, at least when it comes to me and my sisters, have been pulled over at gunpoint really? with our other minority friends. Why? Oh, something happened. There was a crime and we thought it might be you. I, I, and I always ask, well, what was the description? Nothing like us. Nothing. And it's because I'm really nice to the cops. I, I don't get mad. I'm just really nice. It's the best way to do it. And then they'll talk to you. And then I can ask a question like that without getting mad and uh, without them getting mad. And they'll tell me, never are we even close. The only, they're brown. That's the similarity. So, I mean, that's the reality of America. And that's what Black Lives is trying to bring up. And and unfortunately, it's an it's a bottom-up type of thing because the people who are experiencing um, this discrimination uh, have to make their voices heard to get that change. That's what I'm saying. All I'm saying is these are the same type of efforts that we're working on where, you know, if there's this perception that there is no concern or there is no issue here. And if you all feel there is an issue and there should be concern, then we've got to make our voices heard. We've got to tell them because if we don't tell them, how are they supposed to know just because you're tweeting and you're social meeting or you're coming on this, this podcast is, isn't going to let them know because they don't know about my Twitter or this podcast. That's not going to alert them to what's really going on. We have to do it. So no. just to um, let you know, you should have the file in your mailbox and you want to drive okay, it on your desktop. Yeah. And a little behind the scenes here, but uh, I felt you should have control of it. Peace yeah. and love, right, buddy? Peace and love, yeah. You felt we, I should have control. Have to in case it everyone work. in the that's listening, we will talk about UFOs today. We will. Oh well, lots of this is UFO related. This is about activism around UFOs. And what about Betty and Barney Hill? What what is that? Question? Betty and Barney Hill. Okay, so let's see if we can get this video going. Cross your fingers, everybody. Cross. Your fingers, cross, cross your fingers. I think it downloaded. All right, step in the right direction. Beam it up, buddy. Keep using this beam it up word. I know. Well, that's apropos. Here it goes. Maybe. Think of the ancient alien theory and the possibility that. Okay, just so I can tell people, this is me interviewing William Shatner 
earlier today, I just asked, what do you think of the ancient aliens theory? Um, do let me know if you have any problems with the hearing. You might have to turn it up a little, but uh, sounds like the audio and everything's working. Did you hear that, Martin? Great. Yes. With what do you think of the ancient alien theory and the possibility that aliens have visited this planet before? Well, that's the question that I delve into uh, for two hours uh, this Friday uh, on uh, the History Channel at 9 o'clock from 9 to 11. That very question, which is uh, an overwhelming question, because mm-hmm. if aliens did come here, are here, or coming here, and that they exist means that we're not alone in the universe. And if we're not alone in the universe, if there's other entities, that means there are billions of entities, means that the universe is alive, vibrating with life. And actually, I think that's so. I think the elements of life, uh, which are, can be chemical, uh, and that the, the secret to which bringing it to life, we don't know yet, mm-hmm. but must exist somewhere. It's unexplained at the moment. Uh, so I think life abounds in the universe. And the universe, as they think, is 11... Point eight billion years old, and our galaxy is five billion years old, which means somewhere there's a lot, six billion years went six billion years went by, uh, and uh, was life created then, and was life created in the five billion years that we know about? I mean, the mysteries are so profound, and the meanings are so profound that a fascinating discussion can take place anywhere, uh, and especially it took place uh, between me and a group of people who uh, are uh, authorities on ancient aliens. I had a passionate discourse for two hours with them about this very subject. Yeah, and let me just explain. Let me just explain oh. a little more carefully. That this Friday on the History Channel from 9 till 11, this takes place uh, about ancient aliens. Ordinarily, and following next week, a week from this Friday, ordinarily, ancient aliens and then my show, The Unexplained, comes on on the History Channel from 8 to 10, 9 o'clock, my, uh, 8 to, I think it's 8 to 9, uh, ancient aliens, 9 to 10, uh, uh, the unexplained. So I hope that that explains the unexplained. In the show, do you visit some of those ancient alien sites, or have you been there yourself? For instance, those walls in Puma, Punko, and 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 what do you think of some of these places? Well, you've just mentioned the the, the some of the mysterious things. There are there are there are heavy uh, blocks of stone that engineers today with modern equipment would have difficulty or maybe it's even impossible lifting and transporting and yet these ancient civilizations were able to accomplish engineering feats that we don't know how they did it we 
with all our mathematics and our computers, don't know how certain things were done thousands of years ago. And it's that mystery of how the heck did they uh, uh, do that engineering feat wherever it is, and there are many. How did they do it, and did they have help? And that's mm -hmm. the line of, uh, that's the rationale. Uh-oh, Martin. Yeah, what happened? That's it. Son of a gun. Oh, oh, here oh wait. For some reason, half of it didn't work. Nine o'clock from nine to eleven. That very question did this planet before. Half of it's not working. Hmm. hmm. Do you have any um, idea to, what that might be? I don't. I don't know, but I sure. will try to. Let me let me try sharing it on my end, and I'll I'll cut through to where we were or close to it if I can. This is silly. I know Rodrigo's giving yeah. me crap. Um, he's saying you had one job. You're absolutely right. I should have been more prepared. I do apologize. I just had assumed that uh, audio would play because there's this new function uh, on this tool that allows you to play videos and stuff. Um, so let me try something real quick too. Oh, that's not it. I think I dumb and dumber. Somebody says, <laughs> and we're going to have to flip for who's, uh, who's who, who, so yeah. Okay. So while you're working on that, Martin, no, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and pull the first it up. Story. Give, give it a try. Go ahead. Try Wait what? I do see there's some blank. You're right. There's something going on here. Okay. You work it's on that and I'm going to work on something else. All right. Sure. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Or are you saying pull up what you just made? No, 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 no. Forget it. Let me, let me see what's going on here. Okay. You can just pull me out of the show and have at it while I'm working on this. If you would. Okay. All right. So let's cut, talk about a couple other things here. We'll get into the news. So sorry. That was a sneak peek. Actually, I did that on purpose. See, if I was a little bit better of a broadcaster, I would have thought of this earlier. That was a sneak peek. And what we're going to do is show pieces, uh, play pieces of that throughout the show to keep you enticed and interested. So that was all by design. So Christian says, did I hear the interview with Lou on church? He means Lou Elizondo on Jimmy Church. I did see that Lou Elizondo was on Jimmy Church, but I didn't hear that. Some of you remember, uh, by the way, Jimmy Church was kind of the king of the anti to the stars and the anti Elizondo claiming these guys were lying. They were faking all this crazy stuff. And I was one of the first people to go on the show who obviously was did not feel the same. But Jimmy Church and I. You know, we've known each other for years. We saw each other at MUFON. He was like, hey, I hope you're not mad at me. And I'm like, no, you do you. I do me. I just got facts. And he said, okay, come on the show. And I said, of course I will. So I went on the show and I said, I'm straight. I just gave him the facts. And a lot of times just people don't have all the facts. And that's a good segue into our next story. Um, but Christian, as please do mention some highlights from that show if you wish and um, we will, uh, I'll 
give any insight I can to those items. But first, let's go into this new piece of information out on the internet. And I'm going to share my screen on this one. Uh, this is, <laughs> I'm going to have to move my camera because I can't see. Um, the article. So some of you might have seen this, uh, or, uh, this news out there. And this is what started it all. Is this article, Pentagon admits it has UFO debris, releases test results. And then it has this interesting image of this material that kind of is reminiscent of uh, the alleged R Roswell memory material. And interesting enough, this story is on UFO explorations ran by Anthony Bregalia. Now, um, to be perfectly honest, Anthony Bregalia, for better or worse, has been caught up on some of the worst kind of Roswell uh, at, uh, incidents out there. Uh, for example, some of you will remember the Roswell slides. There was this news for a long period of time that these slides had been discovered that showed the autopsy, the, the Roswell alien. I, of course, unfortunately, well, I rolled my eyes, but I was giving the benefit of the doubt because one of the researchers was Don Schmidt, who's a good friend of mine, um, and his partner, um, Tom Carey. Uh, um, and so, you know, I was given the benefit of the doubt. I asked Don about it. He said, yeah, we're looking into this. We can't share much. Well, how the really the, the craziness started is Anthony Bregalia says, let me help you. Let me help you. They say, OK, here's what we're working on immediately. He runs to the Internet, posts a story that is inaccurate and sensationalizes the whole thing and is telling everybody that these guys really got images of aliens. Well, they didn't. It's called the Roswell slide incident. If you Google it, you'll find more information. If you go to Open Minds, we documented the entire thing because I was one of the few people who was uh, talking to um, the actual uh, person who had revealed those slides. I shouldn't say only, but one of the few. Um, that would definitely be true. And so, let's see, I sent Martin the wrong file, so it was my fault, I think. Okay, Martin, you should have it. It's on the way. My fault. Pull one on the way. On the way. Email. But um, so here's another story where it's really the same thing. I mean, when I saw this story come out, I took it with a grain of salt because I'm aware of of his background. And sure enough, I kind of perused it because you see it's really long here. But the story is not as complicated as it makes it seem here. So why is this so long and what's going on here? It's because he's bringing in all this extra material to try to intertwine Roswell into this story and try to say the government admits that, you know, they released UFO debris, um, which is totally wrong. Um Um, this is a good stuff. Uh, so sorry, 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 sorry for all this. Okay, here we go. 
Uh, I've gained people. We haven't lost people, so that's good. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's what he's trying to do here. So there's a lot of spin. There's a, pot, a lot of mental gymnastics going on here. But the root of the story is interesting. So what had really happened? First of all, if you want to know what really happened, there's a couple of different uh, resources that I will point you to. And who are they? They're Mr. John Greenwald. Um, he is has done some good stuff. So let me show you here. First of all, one place that I would point you to is to uh, his YouTube because this is a really great video right here. Um, it's called, did the Pentagon just admit to having UFO debris? Spoiler alert, no. Here's what really happened. So it's half an hour, but John Greenwald of the Black Vault breaks it down here to describe what really happened. And he does a great job here. He also um, just, and I haven't even had time to look at this because he really just, just, um, posted this. He also posted an article uh, just this morning. Here it is. Um, let me go to the top. Murky waters drowning UFO debris claims. So here's the story thus far. What is really in that article? Well, Anthony Bregalia did do a great thing. What he did, he did a FOIA. And essentially his FOIA, the first part of his FOIA says that he wants information regarding UAP debris that uh, Bigelow had obtained and examined as part of the OSAP project. That's kind of the headline. Then, underwards, under that, he kind of outlines the types of files he's looking for. And the types of files he's looking for uh, that he listed partially was metal material analysis. And so... Uh, his FOIA request was granted, and they sent him a bunch of files from OSAP regarding different materials. So that's good, right? And it is good because these were some of the dirts, the um, defense information request document, something like that. Essentially, here's a picture that John Greenwald has right here. These are, as you've seen, you know, this was what OSAP was doing, the Advanced Aerospace Weapon System Application Program. That was a program that Harry Reid got started to investigate the paranormal. John Greenwald makes the point that the government documents say that this group was actually not really, well, it doesn't say anything about the paranormal, which is right, it doesn't, but it does say that they're analyzing potential future weapons and technologies that may be coming out. And so uh, that's what the gist of these documents were. Well, because of this FOIA that Anthony Bregalia put forward, this Freedom of Information Act request, we did get a bunch of more of these dirts. So these were dirts that were not previously released. So these are some more of the research papers that OSAP was working on. However, you'll see material for advanced aerospace platforms, metamaterials for aerospace applications, metallic spintronics, metal glasses. These are papers about exactly what their purpose is, looking at, looking forward to potential technology, 
technologies that could affect defense and aerospace and advanced weapon systems, which is what their group was. Nowhere in any of these documents is anything about retrieving any UFO or UAP debris or analyzing that debris. The word UAP isn't even used in these documents. I think John said he found it once and it was a reference to something that, that had nothing to do with um um, analyzing material. So no, they are not analyzing material. In fact, beyond that, the DOD has already responded to Roger Glassell and John did get a response as well. And they said anything suggesting something like that is just is, is wrong. Uh, it's false. And he says uh, that help put off gave him a uh, comment. And I haven't even seen this comment. So let's look at it together. Let's see, to ensure the accuracy, the Black Vault also reached out to Hal Putoff. I'm reading this part of the article. The lead engineer who headed the OSAP program for Bigelow Aerospace, according to Putoff, he was the one responsible for choosing the topics of their dirt reports. Interesting. That's something I didn't know before. In an email statement to the Black Vault, Dr. Putoff offers the nail in the coffin for Bregalia's allegation. The five-sided dirts that we commissioned addressed advanced material topics, potentially significant for advanced aerospace application, not evaluation of UFA, UFO debris in hand. And that statement is really important because, first of all, that's coming from the guy who we know was a senior engineer and, with Basson on OSAP. Second of all, this is from the guy who apparently was the one who chose what the topics of the dirt reports. I didn't know that before. Third, this is a guy who does believe there is UFO debris. Dr. Halputoff believes that they do have some debris that could potentially be mysterious UO, UAP debris. So this is a guy who believes there is such debris exists, but he is also, you know, debunking the claim that that FOIA is any sort of claim that the government has or is investigating UFO debris. So John has done a great job going through and analyzing and clarifying what the real news is. And John makes a really good point too, when he uh, says in his video that it would have been better if he was just honest about it. If he would have just said, Hey, I got this new FOIA, which uh, reveals new dirts that have never been seen before uh, released to the public regarding the analysis of future materials and metamaterials. That enough is really fascinating. In fact, that's a story that is more interesting to the mainstream, I think as a whole, and would have brought more mainstream attention to this interesting topic. But instead, he tried to sensationalize it, hook it into Roswell, spin it, and uh, just really diluted the accuracy of the story. So if you want the accurate side of the story, I would definitely uh, go check out John Greenwald's Black Vault article here. And, and if you like videos on YouTube, check out his YouTube. Uh, in fact, I will share with you links to both of these in the chat right now. So um, if any of you have any questions about this topic, please put them in the chat right now and I'll answer them for you as much as I can. But I know someone made a comment. Rodrigo says, Michael Sala is already spinning it on Twitter. Here's quotes. Bregalia asserts DIA response confirms that it possesses retrieved UFO debris. See, 
Dr. Michael Saul, if you're not aware, is a guy who believes in a lot of weird stuff. I mean, this is a weird dude. He's a very nice man. I, I, we run into each other sometimes, and I, I like him as a human being a, a lot. He's a really nice guy. But, man, is he into some weird stuff. And he's into a lot of unsubstantiated speculation. And he believes that, uh, you know, a lot of the conspiratorial stuff is going on. So that's no surprise. But it is unfortunate that people are, uh, you know, doing that, that they're running in that direction uh, when the truth is, is interesting enough even if it doesn't have to deal with aliens and Roswell. So that that's kind of unfortunate. Um, John Lind uh, says, John, thank you. John sent me a really nice uh, message earlier, but thank you so much on the direction of the show and uh, how he appreciates it. And I think many of you do. Thank you, thankfully. But he says, each paper is intended to address what the current state of each science tech is and where the science will be in the near future. Put off never mentioned UFOs in the RFP seeking the papers. And that's, yeah, great point. And, you know, that's the point that John makes and John has been making. You know, John Greenwald and I had, you know, some 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 troubling times, uh, you know, in the last few years over all of this. And one of the points that John was making is that, that these guys are saying that OSAP deals with UFOs and UAP, but... Does it really? We don't really have any evidence of that as far as the government documents. My argument was, sure, the government documents don't say that, but the guy who created the program says that. The guys who ran the program say that. The question might be is if they were portraying themselves as one thing and creating these dirts and products that fit that description um, of what the project was, why and how were they doing these other things? What gives them the right to be doing these paranormal investigations and stuff? I think that's probably a legitimate question and is an interesting one. And I'm very curious. How did we get from, from Harry Reid talking with his buddies and other politicians about UFOs and paranormal and creating a group that investigates the paranormal? And then the verbiage around the creation of this group turns out to be kind of this uh, – advanced weapon system analysis type of thing. According to Elizondo, that, that was a bit of a cover, that it was a bit of cover so they didn't want people to know that they were looking into this UFO stuff and, and things like that. So that's that story, which is really interesting. Let's see if there's any more questions around this story. I don't think there's many questions. I think you guys get it. I think anybody gets it um, whenever a story seems... Uh, more spectacular uh, that I think you guys are wise enough to take it with a grain of s salt. But uh, so <laughs> Dirk has his suspicion as to why Mr. John Greenwald was upset. Maybe I, I don't know. Um, I don't even want to go there and speculate at this point because John Greenwald and I are in a good place right now, but um but yeah, John was, uh, it was rough times. It was rough times. Uh, but there's another story out there that I want to talk about with all y'all. And that is about the this new stuff around the Pais effect. Um, and let me show you what that is. I think many of you are familiar with this, but essentially there is a scientist um, that goes by the name of Pais. And um, 
I'll get his full name here momentarily, but here it is. Oh no, that's not it. Um, he has, he works for the Navy, uh, a theoretical physicist, and he's come up with these patents that are some really weird stuff. Um, and the thing is, it's at these patents claim like anti-gravity and, um, essentially kind of like, uh, energy devices that can create immense amounts of energy and, uh, you know, regular temperature, um, that sort of thing. And, uh, the problem is, is that it, a lot of scientists have looked at these and said, yeah, no, um, this isn't real. This isn't something that's going to work. But the question has always been, if that's the case, then why are these patents out there? Because typically you're not supposed to get a patent for something that doesn't work. You're supposed to be able to demonstrate that it does work where the war zone actually has been looking into this. And I'll just bring up their website um, as I look for the exact article. Brett Martin back on. Yeah. Christian said the patents have been talked about for a long time, which is true. But and uh, but there has been some new information that has come forward um, about these patents that I'm going to show you here in just a sec. First of all, let me show you just like the, the War Zones website. There you go. Well, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. So uh, what has happened, though, is the war zone is really dug into this. Why uh, are, are they allowed to um, get patents if they don't work? Uh, well, they got a hold of the Navy, and apparently the patent office felt the same way. They said, no, uh, these aren't a proven technology. These can't be patents. But someone in the Navy butt in and said, hey, yeah, we think there's something to this, and the Chinese and the Russians are working on it, so we need this because uh, we need to catch up with what they're doing. So they actually got approved as patents. Very curious, right? What do you mean the Chinese and the Russians are working on on this. Um, and, uh, and if there is something to it, what testing have you done to prove that? Well, the war zone went and found that. And that's kind of the new information that they've received is that they went and looked for, uh, this information and they found out that actually, the Navy had determined that the patent, the, the effect doesn't work in essence. Although in the report, uh, Pais, the scientist says that, uh, and they spent like half a million dollars to, to do this testing. He says that it may be at work or, you know, um, he admits there was no um, effect demonstrated uh, by his experiments. And the Navy essentially said they determined they couldn't um, verify that it worked. So they were no longer going to be working on proving it. Um, so, okay, so now we know these things didn't work. Well, then what the heck? Why are they still uh, being, you know, why are they out there and what's the big deal? What's going on with them? And, and that is the big question. I can't find the article right now. Sorry about that. I guess I could look on the drive. Um, I'm going to do this. Ice effect. So they did get this answer that. Um, uh oh. Yeah. 404 is never good. 
Well, while you're looking there, just to let you know that file is up and I got it starting about, it's sent to you. It's going to start about where we left off. So here it is. Found it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Martin. But here's the article. Uh, the Navy finally speaks up about the bizarre UFO patents because essentially they said, okay, yeah, we weren't able to verify that this is real and that these work. So we're kind of giving up on it. So why are they out there? There's actually a really good Forbes article that I tweeted that kind of highlighted what was in this information and then speculated why. Why would they put them out there? I think most people agree that one reason, um, a lot of people are, are kind of pointing to these patents and saying, look, that's the Tic Tac. These were actually, and by the way, what they're, you're seeing here are the actual test results. They got the papers and the test results, as you can see here. Um, oh, Rodrigo pasted a link. Um, I don't think so, Rodrigo. I don't see it. Uh, I'll keep an eye out, though. Uh, so, yeah, they don't work. So why were they put out there? Why are they being shared? Uh, I think that... Although a lot of people are pointing to it and saying, look, they're sharing these. They say it doesn't work, but it probably does. That's why they have these patents. So they probably develop these things. And that's what the Tic Tac is. I think across the people who are really in the know, like the war zone and others, uh, no. If this technology was technology we developed and are putting in use, there's absolutely no way we're going to share patents or information about that technology at all. That would be secret. We would keep it secret. There'd be no reason to try to share the information. Other speculation is, though, that they're trying to say, hey, all these UAPs, they're trying to make the Chinese and the Russians believe those are ours. We're the ones who have built that. We're not telling the public, but we're letting you know We've got this cool stuff. You guys are screwed. Don't mess with us. The other one is an interesting one. And I guess this was related to the strategic uh, defense initiative. Of course, Star Wars is what that was called. And that was in the Reagan era where he wanted to put a bunch of satellites up that could shoot uh, nukes out of the so sky, essentially. And I didn't know this, but it'd be the first part of that was actually a ruse. They knew that that was an expensive thing to do. It was too expensive and it wasn't really a realistic project, but they wanted to make it seem like they were doing it to get the Russians and the Chinese to try to copy us and then spend a bunch of money. Um, and this is during the 80s. And that's what happened with the Soviet Union. Essentially, they lost the arms race because they were spending all their money on arms and their their country went bankrupt so it's these sort of tactics they use so some people think it's that sort of tactic to make this chinese and russians think we're working on this dead-end technology so that they do that and they burn a bunch of uh, resources and money uh, and waste their time on this like a, a wild goose chase those are some of the ideas about why they're out there but nobody knows for sure and it certainly is a mystery among the mainstream defense people and thank goodness that the war zone is really tackling this issue and revealing what's going on here because nobody else is but uh, at least they identify it for the mystery that it is and uh, they're doing their best to I'll look at it. And, and my feeling, especially when it comes to the war zone and their UFO coverage, is the war zone are truly, honestly curious 
um, that they're open-minded about the possibilities. And I think they do an excellent job doing some really unbiased analysis uh, regarding all of this stuff. So really hats off to the, to the drive and uh, great job. Uh, so I wanted to plug that too and, and uh, get you guys up to speed on that. All of these links, by the way, I will put into the show notes once the show is over. Okay, so finally, ladies and gentlemen, we gave you a sneak peek earlier. Um, so uh, you sent that to me, Martin? You don't have it? No. Or are you going to play it? No, no, I sent it to you. But let me, I'll try to play it on my end. Okay. Yeah, um, I don't see it here. You don't see it. <laughs> We're having a great time, aren't we? <laughs> I know. What's right. with this? The curse yeah, of William uh, Shatner. Uh, all right. I'm going to try this on my end here. Somebody, Dirk says the best military tech isn't going to be patented. Great point. You know, um, all of these are really good points. And so this prevailing idea that, you know, we've developed that tech just doesn't hold water. And unfortunately, a lot of times, especially journalists who aren't as familiar with this sort of thing, will just take things at face value without a full analysis. Do you want to give that a roll, buddy? All right, here we go, guys. Thousands of years ago. And it's that mystery of how the heck did they uh, uh, do that engineering feat wherever it is, and there are many, how did they do it, and did they have it? And that's mm -hmm. the line of, uh, that's the rationale. So since the unexplained has been on the air, there's been a lot of UFO news going on, the Navy taking it seriously, Senate Intelligence wanting more information. What do you make of all that news? Well, you know, we've all read the account of some guy wandering around in the, in the swamp of Florida saying I got picked up and I was examined, they put me back, and was, you know, <laughs> scoffing at it, and probably rightly so. And then you have the, uh, this Navy footage in which we see weird things, not only on the Navy of filmed uh, radar, but on the ground where the where the uh, Navy uh, uh, Air Force is being guided, they too are getting the same images. This isn't like a glitch uh, happening to a radar screen and, and it looks like some unknown object. They're filming and objects, objects that make these wide uh, dashes and abrupt changes and even come at them almost a near collision of some kind, and we mm -hmm. see it all, all on film. There's no question. Didn't somebody sent up some lanterns up there with a light in them, and the people on the ground think, oh, look at that, ancient alien. No, this is, this is really weird and unexplained. And it l led me to this show, Ancient Aliens, uh, and the the uh, experience I had talking to these people who are very knowledgeable scientists who uh, believe that aliens have been here 
and my my discourse with them. Sometimes very passionate. There's a lot of screaming and yelling going on uh, <laughs> because it's really, uh, you know, nobody's got the a specimen. You you. It's all what happened to the thing and. Uh, Roswell and uh, you know what was that what it was the light that that hit the forest and the two soldiers come upon something and they don't know what it's just there are months in which it's no longer a guy in a swamp but it's accredited uh, observers sometimes several of them looking at something and there's no explanation for it except perhaps otherworldly. Mm-hmm. Now, in Star Trek, of course, Captain Kirk had a hard time following the prom directive, but uh, they did depict, you know, the Federation looking at and studying other intelligent civilizations uh, secretly, cloaked. Uh, of course, they got busted a couple times. Do you think that might be going on, that we are being observed, and then once in a while we catch them in the act? <laughs> well, that's that's the ancient alien theory that you've just enunciated, the ancient alien theory. Are we being observed? But now you go to the mathematics of it. We're the small planet, uh, M planet, the medium-sized, smallish planet around a medium-sized, smallish star, our sun, in a kind of innocuous galaxy, uh, a solar system, in a kind of average galaxy. And there are billions of these planets, billions of these suns, and billions of these galaxies. Billions! Uncountable billions in the universe. Now, are you going to tell me that the elements for life are only on one, which we're told? We are told, and many people believe, that we are the only things alive in the universe. I think that life is is an imperative in the universe. I think things are alive all over, whether it's microbial or sophisticated. But if we evolved, <coughs> excuse me, if we evolved from those elements, why why aren't those elements all over the universe? You see mm-hmm. these hot spots, uh, volcanic vents in the ocean, which there's thriving with life at 600 degrees Fahrenheit, and life. Uh, in the ice, microbial life in the ice uh, uh, temperatures. Why isn't life is a, an imperative? Life functions everywhere. There, there. Life is a force uh, on Earth. Why isn't life a force in the universe? And if mm-hmm. so, how sophisticated has it become? Now. Gene Roddenberry, of course, with Star Trek, created this world where the universe is full of life and civilizations out there. And among these communities who follow this kind of stuff, there are conspiratorial ideas. And one of those is that Gene Roddenberry was aware that the government interacts with alien civilizations. 
Have you heard that conspiracy theory, and what do you think of it? No, I, I don't. I don't. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's a love, lovely <laughs> mystique to what you just said. I don't want to uh, uh, disparage it, but but I um, I don't think Gene Roddenberry was in touch with the ancient aliens uh, I, I, and kept it to himself. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a funny but, idea. But mm-hmm. but these stories that came out of Star Trek, many of them were invented by the great science fiction writers, some of whom were scientists and, and, and dealing with scientific uh, stuff in the lab that was new and promising, and then they would extend what they had, like a computer or a, uh, an Internet or a... Uh, a, a scientific theory and make a story out of it. And that mm-hmm. happened quite frequently. So what was in a lab uh, 50 years ago has become uh, reality now in many cases. Mm-hmm. It seems like in a lot of science fiction where the the distant future is depicted, it involves us interacting with alien civilizations it almost feels like uh, it's innate in us somehow to believe that at some point we will be interacting with other intelligent civilizations. Well, that's what that ancient alien theory is all about. And that's what Friday uh, evening uh, from 9 till 11 on the History Channel is all about. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's a small jump from thinking if life abounds in the universe and we're going to go to Mars in the next short time on a very primitive vehicle with spouting all this uh, gas and fire and heat and 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 uh, primitive energy why wouldn't a more sophisticated civilization have more sophisticated means of uh, of energizing i mean the universe is filled with energy, light and heat and cold and 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 uh, and uh, explosions and I mean it's just the energy is alive, the universe is alive with energy. Why wouldn't an intelligent uh, mind harness some of that? And and since we can get an argument about what time is, what the existence of time and how you can uh, bend time uh you you have a an interesting subject for um for uh, <laughs> the ancient aliens that's mm-hmm. what i'm telling you uh is taking place on friday from uh 9 till 11 on the history channel and then following that next the following week it goes back to normal and the unexplained comes on uh, right after Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. And they're equally fascinating. I urge you to watch. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, what we, was it like we, working with Giorgio and Ancient Aliens? They, they were fascinating people, and I love talking to them. And I, I think you will love hearing it as well. A pleasure to have talked to you. I look forward to the next time. Great. Thank you so much. This was Take a, a big thrill for me. Um, thank you very, very, very thank, much for taking you. the time. It was a pleasure for me as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow.
Whoops. I'm not hearing you, bud. Oh, sorry. I muted yeah. myself. Well, yeah. I think that was great. I loved it. That personally. was great. Not too many people will end their own interview, but he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, he wrapped funny. it up. Hey. Well, and usually, it was awesome, though. And I take as much time as I can till they kick me out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, go ahead. No, no. The You know. You gotta, you gotta just think this. The guy is eighty nine years old. The only thing I, I saw, you know, he said, I mean, that he misquoted in the beginning clip uh, is that the universe was eleven point two billion years old instead of thirteen point. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, thirteen point eight billion years old, which it is. But I mean, I, I'm hoping that I'll slip only that much when I'm seventy nine years old. That's amazing. I'm yeah. I I thought it was great. Um, I mean, there's some guy yeah. in here straight who's talking about, oh, what do we care if we uh, hear from these guys? Um, but I'll I'll explain that, why I think it's important. But did you have another comment, Martin? Oh, um, you know, he's 89, right? He's 89 years old. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, he's 89. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I think is great. First of all, his answers were great. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, it's funny that someone say, why do we need to hear from a celebrity? Why do we he need to hear from anybody that we hear from regarding F U UFOs? You're probably uh, going to go listen to a podcast, some guy who works uh, as an engineer or whatever, or, or UPS, who's got his own podcast about UFOs. You want to listen to that, but you're going to complain about listening to celebrities. Ah, uh, whatever. So, but what's special about this celebrity is that he worked on a television show. And I think people would agree, uh, engineers, scientists, and probably many of you, that Star Trek is almost like a think tank uh, when it comes to UFOs and ETs. How will we interact with them? What would those interactions look like? Uh, what are the concerns around these interactions? I mean, those television shows are almost like what ifs of the real life. What if this happens in the future? What if this happens in the future? In fact, when I make breakfast lately, I've been watching Star Trek Next Generation and like they had an alien abduction episode, you know, I forgot about that, that, that I just saw, or another one is this idea or, or no, that Marvel, I was watching a Marvel movie and I was thinking, you know, uh, Dr. Strange, he draws his energy, or at least the, the Supreme Sorcerer draws energy from other dimensions. Well, we always talk about how hard it would be to to, to harness enough energy to do these things, uh, maybe that's possible. I mean, multiple dimensions is, is, is something a lot of scientists believe in. Um, and he made the point when I asked that funny conspiratorial question, and I loved his answer and how he giggled. That was so freaking cute. That was in, I loved how he was giggling at that and laughing at that. That was so funny. I love that. But he ended it with like maybe, you know, I, I know it inspires conspiracies, but it's also inspired science. And scientists have taken our episodes and built different scientific devices. And he's absolutely correct about that. Absolutely. And it's also how many people have you, scientists, have you interviewed when they'll say, well, you know, what inspired me was I watched Star Trek. You know, many, many, um, because and, at a young age or other science fiction, yeah, it kind of and like plants a seed. I think he also made a great observation, and I loved his terminology when he was describing energy. 
Because he's right. The key to traveling these vast differences, distances is energy. How are we going to get the energy? Scientists theorize if we wanted to warp somewhere, it would take enough energy that, that our whole solar system creates. We would need that much energy uh, to be able to do something like that. So energy is the barrier. But like he said, there's energy all over the place. There's energy in the sun. There's explosions. That perspective alone, I think, is so wise and interesting. That, and we should be thinking about energy. So we need energy. How are we going to get energy? Of course, on our planet, we do that with fossil fuels, with, with solar, with yeah. wind. Um, but like his but, point is, there's energy throughout the galaxy and the universe yeah. No doubt people will be able to figure out how to harness that and to use that to be able to populate and travel around. I thought that was a really great answer. That's one of the best answers I've heard, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you and know, I, another thing about, yeah. about energy in the sun, you know, all our fossil fuels, everything, every bit of energy that we get is from stored uh, sunlight, basically. I mean, if you want to put it that way, like, for instance, when you burn a log in the fire, it's from stored energy. And same thing with fossil fuel that actually came from the sun. And I'm reading a book, mm -hmm. and I think it's very interesting that what warms our plant and give planet and gives us all life is only uh, is less than a fraction of a billionth of the energy that the sun puts out. One billionth, less than a fraction of that. Wow. I mean, you can't even comprehend the numbers. Yeah, but that's the how much energy the sun has. Yeah. Yeah, the numbers are amazing. And um, and how is someone like him going to really form these ideas? It's because he was on these TV shows and he participates in these sort of discussions on a regular basis. So that's what makes people, him, in yeah. particular, very someone who is, is especially uh, poignant speaking about this issue. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, over the years, how long ago was <laughs> Star Trek on? Over the years, think of all the people that have connected with him and have like a story to tell or 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 an idea or something, you know, because, you know, they look up to him as an icon or whatever. But he must have heard some very interesting things over the years. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. I agree. Um, the other part of that is him being a celebrity. Why should we care? And I like that you know, um, Strafe is being a little snarky and bringing it up, but I, I like that it's brought up in that it, you know, I've heard this argument less, but it's obviously still around. Why do we want to talk to celebrities about UFOs? Why should we care? I think that we definitely should care. And the reason why is these are like, how many times do you have, and you know, I think this would be true amongst maybe not my audience, but most people, how much do you hear about what your politicians, your representatives and their opinions versus celebrities and their opinions? For most people, you hear way more about celebrities and their opinions and what they have to say than your own politicians or the people who are making those decisions. That's because even though perhaps in an ideal world, these politicians and leaders should be uh, who we look up to and, our, and the people that we're paying most attention to but that's not the case we watch celebrities it's like the most popular people in in high school we want to know what they're doing and people are going to emulate what they do there was a long period of time where ufos were so taboo like the you know all the way from 
I think it changed in the 60s and all the way up to the 90s where celebrities didn't even want to touch UFOs. You're a weirdo if you're a celebrity into UFOs. Fortunately, that has changed. And now everybody, every celebrity wants to talk about UFOs and, and aliens and stuff like that. But that has helped this whole shift that our culture is making and being okay with this topic and being okay to talk about this topic. So that helps us tremendously so we definitely should have open arms to discuss with celebrities and maybe celebrities are putting information out there we don't think is accurate well if we have these chances to interact with them then we can share those opinions and ideas and we can all grow together um in fact i even feel bad these days i heard this that uh by going on joe rogan um james fox had an extreme spike in sales and you know what? Uh, people watching his documentary, uh, The Phenomena, great documentary if you haven't seen it, The Phenomena movie. Um, and that is a good thing. That is a really good thing because that was a great documentary. And, and it even made me feel bad about being such a uh, grump about about that going on Joe Rogan. I mean, because how can you say that that is negative at all? You can't. You know, that's a very positive thing. So my point is, yeah, we shouldn't be trashing celebrities or celebrities getting involved in this. Someone said Tom DeLong. He, you know, that was great. What happened with him? Tom DeLong was an incredible success story. Perhaps Tom DeLong didn't reach his stated goals, but he certainly reached the goals that I had hoped him and to the stars would reach, which is to make this topic uh to alert the public that it is okay to talk about UFOs. They are a real thing. The military does take them seriously. Tom DeLong, along with the rest of To the Stars, To the Stars being a vehicle he created to help usher this new era along, Tom DeLong was extremely successful. So, yeah, I just feel that we shouldn't um, disregard celebrities. Uh, it's certainly very important. Um, and... Uh, and in particular, Captain Kirk, and maybe for younger people, he's not as iconic for those of us who are older. And I wrote this in my tweet because, and it may seem silly to some people, this being such a big moment, but it is for me. I wrote how, you know, uh, when I interviewed Chatner that whole day, and especially afterwards, ah, it's even making me kind of emotional, it, that it would remind me of going to see the movies with my grandma. And I, some of my earliest memories are, watching those star trek movies because they came out like in the 70s and uh so you know she was a star trek fan and like to see them on the big screen that's amazing and i remember just sitting there as a kid not even really understanding the movie because i was too young but of course in awe about the spaceships and everything so you know it was a really big moment for me to talk to william shatner certainly a bucket list type of thing uh for me uh so it was a great pleasure and i thought i i really enjoyed it well, I'm I'm older than you, as you know, and uh, I grew up watching the original Star Trek with him, and I I loved it. It was one of my very favorite, if not my favorite, show um, to watch. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm a little jealous. I have to say, I, I would have loved to have talked to uh, him. So that's I'm sure you'll get a chance. And of course, uh, I I uh, in this case there was a small cycle. I guess uh, they just contacted me. Well, they contacted me a month or so ago, but they only set up this thing in the last couple of weeks. So um, I would also point you to Joe DeMonte, Punk Rock and UFOs. He got an interview with him, too. Um, so check that out. Hmm. But um, 
I guess, Martin, you were off working on this audio and getting this ready for us. Thank you so much. Um, oh, yeah. Was there anything you wanted to add? No, uh, I don't see. I, I had to completely jump out of the studio so I could edit and listen to what I was editing to. So I don't know what you talked about. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to be repetitive or anyway, but I'm, I'm really good here on this end. Cool. Yeah. I know we've um, gone an hour and a half already. Yeah. So sh we should probably wrap it up. But yeah. um, thank you, guys. Strafe is just Mr. Negative. He's still not buying it. Uh, and, you know, and to his point, people jumping on the bandwagon, that's not a bad thing either. If we've created this environment where it's now cool to jump on the bandwagon and talk about UFOs and aliens and stuff, again, that helps all of us. That means I'm going to get more listeners. Martin's going to get more listeners. And we're going to have more people participating. A good portion, if not the majority of the people who get involved with this aren't going to really want the credible stuff like we present. Because a lot of people like the more speculative stuff like ancient aliens. That's fine. But still, we do get more listeners and, and more attention across the board. And more of the public then is getting the good information. One but question let's I wrap this you. up. Yes, sir. Yeah. Were you surprised that he had knowledge about those films and he started to go into, it sounded like he was talking about Reynolds from force. Were you surprised that he had a little bit of a background? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. I think he did have a lot of knowledge. He was a little off maybe on a couple of the minutia uh, details on, but it was cool that he knew so much about those Nimitz videos and everything. Yeah. Now they had already shot the ancient aliens that we're going to see on Friday. And I did see a clip. Um, and, uh, Nick Pope and a few of the other regulars are in the room with him. Um, so essentially it's kind of this group session where there's like six ancient alien regulars and, and uh, including David Hatcher Childress, another good buddy, Giorgio, of course. Um, and uh, they're all interacting with, with, with him. Um, what was your question? Now I lost track. Uh, no, it wasn't a question. I was just making an observation that he had. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. He knew about a lot. Yeah. yeah. So he made reference to Rendlesham Forrest, I think. He also I, made reference to did, Roswell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Roswell, of course. Yeah, but I thought it was interesting. He When he said something about in the forest, lights in the forest, and that made me think he was talking about. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Rendlesham. you're right. He was talking yeah. about Rendlesham. Um, so he's talking about how there are an abundance of credible cases. Now, it seems like he's totally skeptical of um, of abduction experiences. Someone in the swamp. At, yeah. Yeah. The guy running around in the swamp in Florida. Is that, <laughs> I'm not uh, sure if that Calvin Parker? <laughs> I was wondering that. I hope yeah. not. But I was wondering mm. if that's what he meant. Uh, but on the other hand, he, uh, you know, was like, uh, the debunkers don't have it right either when they're saying things like what the Navy chased was a Chinese land. Definitely not, you know, yeah. uh, which is a great Swamp point. Gas. So yeah. it was great that he uh, did seem to have uh, some familiarity with some of the cases. So um, pretty cool. Yeah. To wrap this up, so what I've done, um, AlienCon, keep an eye on the AlienCon thing because I know at least the panel that we did last night with John Greenwald and Nick Pope is going to be made into a video that they're going to share at some point sometime soon. Hopefully they do that with the earlier proof is out there one too because that was a lot of fun that I did a couple weeks ago with AlienCon. Um, of course, uh, if you're interested, check out that special for tonight 
Uh, other things that I've been up to, geez, I forget. I've been up to a lot of stuff too. Um, so check those out. I feel like I did an interview with someone too that I should be pointing out to you all, <laughs> but I can't remember who or what. Leonard right Nimoy. Just keep an eye on my social yeah. media, especially my Twitter. Whenever I'm doing anything, I'm going to put it out there. And for the most part, I've been putting it out on, uh, on uh, Patreon too. Well, I try to do Patreon the most. The one thing that I didn't put out on Patreon is the Den of Geek article, which is essentially is a transcript, a little bit more concise and edited transcript of that interview you heard me do with William Shatner. I'll put that in the bottom. Definitely check out those articles I mentioned before. And if you have any... Um, doubts or or you're curious about this story about the the ufo debris check out john greenwald stuff he's definitely the guy who is doing the best um clarification and reporting on that right now in my humble opinion he's doing a great job with that so yeah. there's everything i guess next week we'll have another show like this um i'll let you know uh when i set up some interviews i'm kind of starting this new job in the next week and uh that job will be mostly out of california that's why i'll be there for the most part, here on out. Um, so there's a little bit of update there. Uh, although next week I might be here. We'll see. Um, but there's everything. Uh, what about you, Martin? Who's your next guest? Well, uh, speaking of Calvin Parker, I have uh, him coming on with Ben Hansen next week. Oh, uh, awesome. on uh, Tuesday. Probably that for Ben's be new show. That's right. Yeah. But I asked Calvin to come on and Dare I ask. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Have you seen Ben's new show? I have. I, I watched uh, a couple of the screeners. Yeah. yeah. There are some accuracy problems. Talk I saw that. about it. I saw but that. But not Ben's um, fault. You yes. Know, when, um, it's, for instance, you know, right off the bat, when you see them playing the video of the Tic Tac, they put the gimbal audio yeah. in that. You know, like. Yeah. Oh, why would they Producers, do that? Producers. I know. Yeah. Yeah, because producers of these TV shows don't care. They don't care about the truth. So whenever you're working on a TV show, it's always a constant struggle with getting these guys to portray the truth. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then it's out of your hands. You know, someone yeah. like Ben, it's out of his hands. So Ben and, and I, I have also been saw um, yeah. Laura Eisenhower being interviewed on. Yeah, mm -hmm. and Richard Doty. I know there's some trouble there. Oh, yeah, Doty. Ben and I have actually been in contact during this production, and unfortunately, they had set some stuff up before he got involved. Yeah, and he tr he tried to change and clean up as much as he could. But uh, yeah, Ben's you know, a man of integrity. He really is. Guy. So yeah. not his fault is yeah. what I'm saying. If you watch that show. So yeah. there are some issues with that. But at the same time, they get some really interesting interviews that no one else has gotten. That's um, right. So anyway, yeah, sounds yeah. like a great show. Awesome. Ben just had a baby. Congratulations, yeah. Ben. Uh, ben and Kelly are some of my favorite people. So um, all right, we'll wrap this up. Thank you once again. Thank you so much, Martin, for fixing that video for us. Yeah. Uh, someone is saying I should put it up on the Internet. And maybe I will. That's a great idea. Uh, since Martin went to the work of putting that together. Well, I gave you half and half. Oh, they're yeah. half and half. Okay, yeah, I can edit to them over. together. Okay, I'll send you a full. I'll send you the full. Okay. File. All right. Great, great. That'd be perfect. But uh, we'll wrap this up. Thank you all so much for joining us again for another Open Mind UFO Radio. Please do subscribe, 
uh, so you can and hit the little bell because I'm not Ding. the best at giving a lot of information up front of when these shows are going to be. So you can be sure to join us live. I always get people saying, "Uh oh, I didn't get in. Yeah, I miss I you guys. Yeah. Strafe says good vibes. Thank you for the good vibes, Strafe. Uh, you definitely uh, uh, inspired some good conversation, some important things that uh, I wanted to talk about. So thank you for that strafe <laughs> and uh thank you to all you listeners i guess until next time adios, adios muchachos, muchachos.